What a privilege together this morning to fellowship with the Father and fellowship with one another. Um, this morning, I will be bringing some words of presentation to us. Uh, for want of other word, I will want to title it um, The Practice of Koinonia with the Word. The Practice of Koinonia with the Word or the Practice of Fellowship with the Word. I chose the word koinonia because uh, it goes a lot deeper than just fellowship. You know, koinonia is a Greek word that connotes a holy covenanted fellowship, communion. It connotes union, intercourse, you know, rather than the, the, the simple uh, fellowship of coming together, being fellows, and being friendly and uh, jolly. So, like I said, practical the practice of koinonia with the word. Hallelujah. The Bible is full of practices that help us fellowship with and in the word because we are a product of the word. You know. We are a product of the word of God. We are like fishes. Fishes came from waters and, and it is expedient. It is natural. It is necessary that fishes intermingle, fishes have intercourse, fishes form a union with water. Hallelujah. As Christians, we can't but, you know, have communion with the word of God, with God through his word. Um, some of the practices we'll be going through and looking at their meanings in, in a little deeper sense. I will start from reading, you know, reading the word. Reading is simply the process of taking in general, the general sense or meaning of letters or symbols. It could also involve announcing the information, information contained in such, such letters. Hallelujah. The Bible encourages us to read the word. In many places in the scripture, we're encouraged to read the word. In 1 Timothy 4, 13, the Bible says, until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Hallelujah. Jesus in Luke 4, when he went to the synagogue, they handed over the, the, the book of Isaiah to him and he opened for public reading. And he read the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and all that and all that. To set at liberty them that are bruised. He read out the information contained contained therein in that portion of the scripture. So we are meant to read the scriptures to get information, to get the general sense. Like I said, reading is taking in, you are taking it in, you are soaking in the general sense or meaning contained in letters. You get informed about certain occurrences or certain people and all that by reading. So we are to read the word, hallelujah. 
we are to read the word, we are to be reading the word. It's part of the means of having koinonia with the word, communion with the word, intercourse with the word, being in union practically with the word. Hallelujah. We encourage again in the scriptures to search, you know, searching the word or rather searching on a general note connotes trying to find something by looking or otherwise seeking carefully and thoroughly in a bid to find something. Searching is a little deeper than reading. Reading is somewhat uh, superficial. It is to just get the general information, the general sense, you know, of or general meaning of letters, of something, of symbols, of signs. Hallelujah. But searching is the act of otherwise seeking carefully and thoroughly in a bid to find something. You are trying to search, you are trying to seek, you are trying to find something that is deeper. That is what you do when you search. The Bible says in the book of John 5.39, Jesus talking to the people, he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is these that testify about me. It is these that testify about me. All over the scripture you see about searching in the scriptures, hallelujah. You see, searching in the scriptures. Jeremiah 15, 16 talks about the fact that thy words were found and I ate them and thy words became a delight of my heart for I have been called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Now you notice that Jeremiah said that thy words were found and I ate them. For you to find, you have to seek, you have to search, you have to deliberately seek for. It's just like talking about researchers. Researchers don't just come out and uh, just discover things. Hallelujah. They explore, they dig, they, they, they probe, you know, they explore, they go deeper, they probe, they question things, they search, they open up layers upon layers and define things. He said, I found your word. Your words were found and I ate them. So for you to find, to search, that means, for you to find, that means you have to seek. And it is not superficial, like I said, and it takes effort. So searching takes a lot more effort than reading, hallelujah. Takes a lot more effort than reading. And we're encouraged to search, to search for meanings, to search for promises, to search, search for facts, truths, hallelujah. We are encouraged to search. This is part of how to have koinonia, intercourse with the word. Another way we are encouraged to intermingle, bring forth our union with the word is by studying, hallelujah, is by studying. The interesting thing is that like I said, reading brings the general sense, the general meaning or information in a contained text to you. Searching, you know, opens up 
hidden meanings. Searching opens up hidden meanings, hidden things, reveals things to you. Look at that Jeremiah 15, 16 that I read. I dare say that Jeremiah said, he found and ate the word, and the word became a delight for his heart. And all of a sudden, he realized that, oh, he's been called by name. Hallelujah. Because, you know, he searched. Said, for I have been called by name, by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. He discovered that he has been called by God's name. That might not come to him by just reading. Hallelujah. But in searching, more truths were revealed to him. Now, going to studying. Studying is uh, different from searching. Studying involves the devotion of time and attention in a bid to gain knowledge of a subject, especially by means of a book. Studying involves the devotion of time and attention in a bid to gain knowledge of a subject or topic of, of a situation, especially by means of a book. It involves a detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation. You read in detail, especially with intention of learning. Studying involves time. It takes time and rapt attention, concerted attention with the intent to learn, with the intent to gain knowledge, with the intent to be better equipped. Hallelujah. With the intent to be better equipped. And you see what learning would do for one is that it will reveal the truth to someone and help the person to be more grounded in the truth. Let's see what the scripture says about studying. Acts 17, 11 talks about the Berean Christians. He said, the Berean Christians were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians. They listened to the messages with eagerness, and every day they studied the scriptures. They studied the scriptures to see if what Paul said was really true. You see, what studying drives you to get is the truth, and it helps to establish one in the truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 talks about the fact that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God, a worthy workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See what studying does again. It helps uncover the truth and helps us to get grounded in that truth. That's what studying does. It is beyond just reading where you get the general information, oh, God is good and you, hey, God is good all the time, hey, and you go. You get the information that God is good, but studying will help you have that truth of the fact that God is good settled in you in a way that you cannot be shaken. In a way that situations and circumstances that are negative might come and you will not doubt the fact that God still is good because you had studied to that extent. You were not just informed by reading that God is good. You had studied. You had studied the situation, you have studied his person, you have studied his character, you have studied his nature. He helps to establish us in the truth of God's word. He helps to establish us in the truth of God's word. What the Berean people did was to pay detailed attention 
like I defined studying earlier on, to devote time and pay detailed attention to gain knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the topics that Paul was teaching them. And Bible recorded that they were more noble-minded. They were more noble-minded. And they started because they were eager to know the truth. They were eager to know the truth. Remember, it is the truth that you know that sets you free, not the one that you heard about. Because you can hear about some truth, you can be informed about them, but in the place of studying, you get to know them for a truth. You get to know them for a fact. You get to know them for an established, irrevocable, unchangeable truth. And as such, you get to be better established in them. You get to be firmer in your stand on such truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Other ways we get to have koinonia with the word includes listening. What does listening mean? It means to give one's attention to a sound or hear something with thoughtful, in, uh, thoughtful attention. To give one's attention to a sound, to what is being heard. To give one's attention to what is being heard. You know? And give thoughtful attention at all times. That is what listening means. That is what listening means. We are to listen to the word of God. Either being preached to us, being read to us, or we ourselves speaking it. Hallelujah. Whether you are hearing it from somebody else, or you are the one that is reading it out loud, or you are speaking it or confessing it. Hallelujah. We are to listen. That is part of what we do to have fellowship with and through the word. That is what we do. The Bible encourages that we should listen to the word, pay attention to it. The book of Proverbs talks about the fact that my son, that should listen carefully to my word. Pay attention to my word, listen closely to my sayings for their life to them who find them and earth to all their flesh. We are to listen to the word of God. Whether from tapes, whether from TV, whether from our own lips, as we read them out, we should speak them, we should read them out loud. As we study, we should also say them. That is part of how to have koinonia with the word. Another one is by speaking. Speaking comes in different ways. Hallelujah. Speaking comes in different ways. It could be by confessing. It could be by confessing. What does confessing mean? It means to acknowledge something to be true. It means to acknowledge something to be true. It means to declare. Yeah, in the general sense, confessing means to acknowledge something to be true. For example, acknowledge your, the father, oh, you are guilty. In the general sense, in English. But here, confession here means acknowledging what the word says to be true. Affirming same, declaring same. You mean to confess means to declare, declare what had been said that you have accepted. Hallelujah. Another way of speaking is by professing. Professing means we affirm our faith 
or allegiance to a belief or a truth. We affirm our faith. We affirm our acceptance. We affirm our allegiance to a belief or to a truth that has been revealed to us, to a truth that we have, you know, been shown or that we have found, that we have discovered, that we have been taught. Hallelujah. We affirm it by professing. The Bible talks about holding fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. That's in Hebrews 10. That we should hold fast to the profession of our faith. That is the declaration, the affirmation, the, the declaration of the allegiance to that which we believe, to the fact that Jesus is Lord without controversy. Hallelujah. Holding fast to it, we profess, we profess the word. We stand in agreement. We affirm that this word is so. We affirm that that is how it is and that nothing else matters but what this word has said. Hallelujah. Speaking in another way can be by conveying information or expressing one's feeling or mind. That's in the, in the general, speaking, conveying information or expressing one's feeling or mind. Hallelujah. Bible encourages us in Ephesians 5, 18, that we should not be filled with wine as in excess, but we should remain being filled with the Spirit. Doing what? Speaking. Speaking to ourselves in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. By speaking the word, by professing the word, by confessing the word, we are having intercourse with the world. We are having koinonia, communion, fellowship with and through the world. With and through the world. We are products of the world. Another way we have this koinonia is through meditation. Meditation. Now, this is quite very important for reasons that I will, I will enumerate a bit later. What is meditation? Meditation is a deliberate attempt to become aware of and reflect on the revelations of God or the revelations of what God is saying to us. Revelation, as in it is not superficial. There are deeper senses, there are deeper truths that we are seeking to uncover, that we are seeking to unravel, that we are seeking to, you know, open up. So it is a deliberate attempt to become aware of those truths. It's a deliberate attempt to become abreast of those truths. It's a deliberate attempt to uncover, to unravel, to demystify in that sense. It involves reflecting on the revelations. As it's being revealed to you, you are reflecting on it more and more, you know, more and more, and it's getting more and more open to you. And the depth, the density of it is getting more and more settled in you. Meditation is taken from the Latin word meditare, meaning to reflect on, to study, and to practice. So meditation is not just about 
sitting down, taking a word and uh, muttering it to yourself alone. From the root word, meditare, from Latin, it says it means to reflect on, to study, and to practice. So practicing what you have found is part of meditation. Hallelujah. It's part of meditation. It involves deliberately focusing on specific thoughts. Deliberately focusing on specific thoughts, not the entire book, not the entire passage. Deliberately focusing on specific thoughts or truths and reflecting, pondering, ruminating, dwelling on their meaning, their import in the context of the love of God. Hallelujah. Dwelling, reflecting, pondering, ruminating, you know, on their meaning, on their import, on their effect in the context of the love of God. That is what meditation is. Oh, I remember how we were taught back in the days that meditation is worrying the world. Have you ever worried about something that troubled you before? that your mind keeps going back to all day. You are in class, but because of that matter, your mind is not in what is happening. Your mind is there. That is how we should handle meditation, worrying the world, like you are worrying. You are thinking about something. It's on your mind. There's somebody greets you. Oh, eh? You said, because your mind, your mind is on something. You are pondering. You are, you, are, you, are, you are engrossed in that body of information or body of knowledge because you keep expounding it, you keep ruminating over it, you keep reflecting on it, you keep dwelling on it, you keep rolling it round and round in your mind, you keep turning it round and round and round in your mind to uncover, you know, meaning in the context of the love of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Joshua 1.8, scripture that we all know, you know, that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. You see what meditation does is to help you to bear fruit, hallelujah. It is to help you to do that which the word says. It says that is when you'll be able to do when you meditate on it, when it does not leave your mouth and it is on your mind, then you'll be able to observe to do according to that which is written in it. Then you will be able to make your way prosperous and have good success. Let's look at another scripture that talks about meditation. You see, we're progressing, being able to do, profiting comes in. First Timothy 4:15 says, Meditate on these things. It means practice it, be committed to them, give yourself to them wholly, that's fully, absolutely, that your progress, your profiting may be evident to all. Meditate on them. It is by meditating, by giving oneself to it, by ruminating over it, by pondering over it, by dwelling on it, by uncovering meanings in the context of God's word that you will be able to do these things and your profiting, your progress, your fruitfulness from such will appear to all. Hallelujah. 
your fruitfulness from such will appear to all. Meditation helps us to be able to be fruitful in our work. It helps us to be able to do, to be doers of same. Remember what I've said about all I've read before? I talked about studying. Studying helps us to uncover truths and gets us established further in those truths such that we cannot easily be tossed to and fro by every whims and caprices of any kind of doctrine. Hallelujah. That is what studying will do for us. But for meditation, it helps us to be able to observe, to do, and in doing, to make progress, to bear fruits. To make progress, to bear fruits. To make progress, to bear fruit. That's what meditation will help us to do. It helps that truth become our focus. And because it becomes our focus, as we think, so we will be. Hallelujah. As we think, so we will be. Because that's what we are thinking about. That's what we are pondering on. That's what has filled our heart. Hallelujah. Isaiah 26, 3, that we always, that we read from time to time, or even sing in song. You shall keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. It's actually talking about meditation. It's actually talking about whose mind is constantly meditating on you. That way, there's no way the troubles of this world will be able to find roots in such minds or in such hearts. Hallelujah. Such a person will be able to walk and put to practice the peace of God that is in his heart because his meditation, the meditation of his heart or her heart is on God, on his word, on that which he offers, on that which he has provided, on that which he is doing in the present. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. None of this is of any less importance. But to me, I believe that you cannot do all these practices at every time and any time because of the nature of the world, the nature of our environment and all that. But you notice that the scripture encourages us that two of these practices should be done without season. Hallelujah. It is because they can be done without season. It might be difficult to study without season. Remember what it takes to study. Huh? Concerted effort. Dedicated time and all that. So you can't dedicate the whole day studying every day. Remember what it takes to search. Huh? It takes deep effort to keep searching deep and deep nooks and crannies. You might not be able to do that all day, every day. Reading. Yes, you can read passively. You can read actively. But even at that, you might not be able to do that every time, every day. What do I mean? You can't read all day, every day of the year. But there are two parts of these practices that we're encouraged to do every time. One is meditation. Why? Because it is of the heart. It is in your heart. You can keep working. You can keep doing whatever. You can keep whatever you are doing, but you can keep rolling the truth. A phrase, a word, a portion of the scripture in your mind, in your heart, Keep pondering over it. Keep rolling it over. You do something, your mind goes back to it. You 
get distracted to do one or two things, your mind goes back to it. You can keep doing that. That's why we are encouraged that this book of the law, this word of God shall not depart from our mouth. Because as you meditate, you mutter it. As you meditate, you speak it out. You cram it. You, you expound on it. You ponder on it. You find synonyms for that word. You look for deeper meaning of those words. And it keeps expanding. It keeps getting enlarged in your mind. This you can do all day. I want to believe that even when you have not read, you have not studied, you have not, you know, searched in a day, you must, as a Christian, always have a scripture you are meditating on. It must not depart. You must have a scripture on your mind, in your heart, that you are meditating on day and night, part-time. That we can do. That's why we're encouraged that it must not depart. It must always have a portion of this truth, of the word of God that we are meditating on. Because we can, in spite of the environment, in spite of the earth, in spite of where we might be or what we might be doing, we can keep meditating. We can keep meditating. Another thing that we're encouraged to do that we should keep doing is speaking in whatever form. Like I mentioned earlier, whether by confessing, whether by professing, or by just generally speaking, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. After all, we are encouraged that we should remain filled with the Spirit by being filled. It's a present continuous act. By being filled, speaking. Being filled, speaking. It is a present, it's a state we must be in all day long, all year long, all week long, wherever we might be. At every point in time, hallelujah, those two must never leave us. There are two practices of fellowship, of koinonia with the word and by the word that we must never be found without. No matter what it is, no matter where we might be, in a crowd, in a solitary place, in the middle of work or whatever, we must ask the word, the truth of God's word that we are rolling on in our heart and that we mutter to ourselves, that we speak to ourselves or speak out of the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Thank you, brethren. You know that with all this, from reading to meditation to speaking to all that, we actually speak out, either loud or silently to ourselves. And as such, we are able to exercise our faith. As such, we are able to be established in the faith. As such, we are able to, you know, initiate. We are able to fan to flame the faith that is in our heart because we don't have a faith problem. However, we have to keep fanning to flame because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In all this, you mutter. In all this, you read. In all this, you speak to yourself. And as you hear, as you listen, faith keeps getting welled up in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, brethren, for being with us this morning and for permitting me to speak to you by the Spirit of God this morning. I trust that we all step out there and have a meditating, meditation filled day, even as we keep being filled with the Spirit, speaking, speaking that word, having koinonia with that word. Hallelujah. Do have a lovely day. Thank you.